Welcome to the Calvary Cast, a podcast from Calvary Bible Church in Grand Junction, Colorado. At Calvary, we exist for the glory of God, the good of His people, and the Great Commission. Hello, everyone out there in internet land with your dials tuned to the proper internet stations. It's another episode of the Calvary Cast. I am Graham Parker, Associate Pastor at Calvary Bible Church. Joining me today, as always, the lovely... You can introduce yourself. Jess Miller. Yes, lead pastor. <laughs> was that? That was like, very good. That was like one of those voicemail ones where uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you call somebody and yeah, it says, like, Jess Miller is, is not, not available. available. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, it's just the annoying uh, like recorded voice and then it gets to that yeah. person. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. good. We've nailed that, and I don't know why I called you lovely. I don't either. That was weird. That's what set me off. Otherwise, I had a nice introduction to everybody uh, planned. Oh, man. Sorry. No, I'm kidding. Threw you for a loop today. Yeah. Well, we're here recording another podcast, and today we are discussing uh, a fun subject, in a sense. Not really, but one that we all deal with, that we all... Well, yeah, I'm not going to say not really, but something that we all deal with, and uh, we hope this will be helpful. We are going to talk about suffering. What... Uh, and how should Christians think and respond to suffering? Uh, it is something that is promised, and it is realized uh, everyone is going to suffer in some way, but a Christian is going to suffer, I think, uniquely and in, in, in different ways than a non-Christian. So we wanted to think and look at what the Scripture has to say about suffering, and uh, hopefully this will be an encouragement to everyone, because everyone's suffering. Yeah, I hope so. And I think um, it, when we look into the Bible, especially the New Testament, as it relates to the topic of suffering, which would be connected, right, to trials, temptations, um, tribulation is another word that's brought up, but uh, it has a lot to say about that. And I think, you know, the two goals, it seems to me, of the New Testament in teachings about suffering is that we both expect suffering and accept suffering, right? So we expect it um, that just because you're a Christian— your life is not going to be free from suffering and um, and suffering of all kinds and trials of all kinds. But also, in addition to that, we learn to accept suffering. And as we'll just talk about, because we know that God is good and that he is not wasting our suffering. There are good and gospel purposes through suffering. So, Like the age-old question people often ask, why do bad things happen to good people? Right. And and that is, there's that, that question that people are always trying to answer. Why is this happening to me? Why am I suffering? Why am I walking through this trial? And as we want to point out, Scripture doesn't always give us the why, the exact, like, this is what's happening. Uh, but it does tell us how to respond, and it does teach us what God is doing in and through our suffering. So in that way, I guess it does answer the why. Yeah. Um, it tells us what we need to know about the why. Exactly. The only thing we can the know about the why. Because a lot of times people will try to, will ask that question, Christians will ask that question, why? And they'll try to say, well, maybe it's because uh, he didn't want, God didn't want me to do this, or he wants me to do that. And, and I don't think that that is usually the right direction ahead. I think we can know some things of, that he's doing and accept those, right? right. And even, yeah, and, and, and looking back, like in scripture addresses that as well, because, uh, um, like when Jesus healed the man who was born blind and the Pharisee, the disciples asked him, why is this man born blind? Was it because he sinned or because his father did? Right. So there again, it's a tribute. They, there's this wrong idea about suffering, attributing it to 
in their mind, sinfulness. Right. And Jesus says, no, this is this is not. It was for the glory of God yeah. that he was born this way and that the works of God would be manifested through him. Yeah. Um, as we start, as we think about this conversation, though, starting, I think, in John 16, where Jesus says this, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So we start with that premise, that certainty, in this world you will have tribulation. So for the Christian, that's the starting place, the realization that there is tribulation, there is suffering, there is hardship and sorrow as we live in this fallen world. And I think that's important in especially our American context of Christianity because there are uh, Christian teachers teaching that suffering is not God's will uh, for the believer. So somebody might get sick or get cancer or something, and it's the idea that, you know, if you have enough faith, God's going to heal you this. God, uh, you know, we wouldn't have any kind of financial suffering because, well, God wants, you know, you to be wealthy. And and, and so that's important in that sense. And, um, and I think if we think of the context of those, even in that text you're quoting there in John 16, um, Jesus is going to the cross. He's preparing those men in that upper room for life after the resurrection, essentially, what the New Testament life is going to be like. And they need to be expecting uh, suffering. For them, it was largely going to be persecution from the world. And... Um, but uh, they needed to be able to expect that because, and, and Jesus said also in John 16, I've said these things to you so that you don't fall away because suffering of all different kinds can be very confusing to the Christian because we feel like, well, if we're doing everything right, we shouldn't be suffering. Um, if we're applying the gospel into our lives and teaching the word, we shouldn't experience persecution. You know, it's, it, it's counterintuitive. And, or if God really loves me, why am I... Why am I suffering like this? So they needed to be expecting this suffering to come so that their faith wasn't rattled, so that they knew that this was going to be what it was about, you know. Mm-hmm. It's through many trials and tribulations that we're going to enter the kingdom. We can't bypass those. Another familiar passage as we think about this is James and his letter that he's writing to a group of Christians that had been dispersed they had uh, a lot of them probably been like in jerusalem and persecution had come uh because of their christian faith and there was political turmoil and so they're scattered abroad and so james writes to them in james chapter one and he instructs them and i as i think about i've been teaching through the book of james with our youth group chapter one is i call it the proverbs of james in a way because it's just proverbial truths or or short statements but he says this he says count it all joy my brothers when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So as I think about that, and as we look at, at this passage in relationship to, to trials, there's a couple of, I think, admonitions. One, they count it all joy. When James is writing, he's telling them, not that we necessarily count the, the trial as a joy, but that we see that in that trial, our, our attitude is to be one of joy. And what he means by that is that there is a, there's an intensity to our joy. Uh, the word describes that it, it, our joy is not mixed with anything else. It is a pure, 
uh, joy set on God at all times. Uh, it's it's not not mixed with other feelings, but my joy is set on God. And when our joy is set on God, it doesn't matter our circumstances. Uh, circumstances change. Joy on God, joy in God remains the same. So that's the attitude we're to have: one of joy, an intense joy focused on God. And then when you meet trials of various kinds, again, what we've already talked about, what Jesus said in John 16, uh, there's an assurance that the trial is going to come, and you're going to meet various kinds of trials. And then he gives what that trial is to be doing in us in verse 3 when he says, For you know what? The testing of your faith, the trial that you're experiencing, produces in you steadfastness. And that steadfastness, as it has its full effect, it's going to work in us it's going to make us perfect and complete. So again, that trial is working in us. It is perfecting us. It is making us more like Christ. It's sanctifying us. It's rubbing off all the rough edges. And I think the key word in this text is um, verse three or the phrase for, you know, and that idea of knowing um, that, what do you know? Well, you know that, um, the testing of your faith, which is what a trial is, um, your faith in God, and the testing of that produces things like steadfastness, and um, so that we can be mature and 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 complete. And I think uh, that that word "no" is important because part of the Christian teaching from the beginning was suffering's coming, and you need to know that God is working good in this, and it's not going to feel like it in the moments, but it's you need to lean into what you know to be true, not what you feel in those moments. That's so important when people are suffering. We don't want to talk about suffering in a trite way. I, I think um, I can think on uh, of prominent times in my life where I've been, walked through different types of suffering, some physically, um, for an extended period of time, which for me was a matter of months. I, I realize some people have suffered physically for years, but there's physical suffering we walk through. Sometimes there's relational suffering that goes on for an extended period of time where things go dark and your heart is confused and you don't know why God's doing what he's doing. And see, that's what I'm, what, what I'm trying to emphasize here is that what you need to know in those times, you need to remind yourself of what you know. That's what James is saying. The only way you can rejoice when you're suffering, unless you're a sicko that likes to suffer, which, you know, nobody <laughs> should like <laughs> nobody that. Should. You're not rejoicing in this, wow, this feels great. It doesn't. It's horrible. And the worse the trial, the worse the suffering, the more horrible it feels. And um, But you rejoice in what you know to be true about God. This is why we walk by faith. Mm-hmm. And your feelings will not always follow. The type of joy I think that we should expect in suffering isn't always going to be perfect, untainted um, joy, right? It's going to, it's going to be uh, sometimes diminished uh, to an extent because you're suffering, but yet there's that it, it, if you can look back at the trial, I think you can see that there was this joy that remained through yeah. it. And if you knew what God was doing, and joy, not in the sense of like a happy giddiness about right, the right. situation, that's important, but, but joy in, in again, that confidence in God, right. the, the certainty that I know that God is at work. I trust the character of God, even in the darkest parts and times of my life, right? I can trust God. Yeah. The other thing that, and I think this is a helpful picture, when James says that trials produce in us steadfastness, the picture is of, uh, behind steadfastness is 
is somebody who's carrying a heavy load for a long time. And then as you carry that heavy load, it strengthens you. Um, it, it's like a, a muscle, you know, mm-hmm. um, to, to gain strength in a muscle, you, you, you lift weights, you, you push against resistance. So steadfast and suffering does the same thing in us. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's like strengthening muscles yeah. are spiritual muscles. Um, and that's what's happening in, in suffering or in suffering and in, in trial. Yeah. And I was just listening to a podcast the other day about, um, from a man who went through a long period of, of suffering. Ironically, it was suffering self-induced. It was through his own sin and failure. And God just brought him through 10 devastating years through that. Uh, but he, he made mention of, of, uh, Martin Luther and, um, what, and, and Luther was talking about what makes a good theologian. Well, of course you have to have your, your knowledge of the Bible and truth and good theology. And there was one other one, but the one that struck me was Luther's final, uh, answer to that. What makes somebody a good theologian? What makes somebody, um, I guess a good Christian in that sense is that, they've walked through suffering. It's, it's a necessity to really understanding what we know. And so there's no other way to learn these things, but to walk through suffering. Uh, there's no other way to really be fully helpful to someone else unless we walk through suffering, just like our, our Lord Jesus did. He's a faithful and sympathetic high priest because he suffered. And um, so we, we count it joy because we're, what God is doing is he's helping us. He's preparing us to be useful to others. And even during it, uh, we can, during the suffering, we can be useful to others. Yeah. If you think about that, um, yeah, we, we know as Christians when we're, when we're responding properly to the suffering and trial, like we know the love and care of God in a way, a, a unique way that we don't when we're not experiencing suffering. And at the same time, your suffering is a blessing to other people. Mm-hmm. As as people watch people that are suffering and suffering well, man, it ministers to their hearts. I, I know that for me, when I've seen people walk through devastating times and respond in a God glorifying way, like that that pleases God and it builds up the body of Christ. Yeah. And again, that's that interconnectedness of us. So that's where like we we want to share in our, in each other's sufferings and come alongside and and that's part of the the functioning of the body of Christ and in that the church is built up and God is glorified. Yeah, amen. James says in verse 12, I think it's connected as well. He says there's blessing to the man who remains steadfast under trial for when he has stood t- stood the test he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. So just that idea that even in the difficulty of whatever suffering or trial you're walking through there's blessing mm-hmm. and there is an eternal ultimate reward. And and if you think about that for the Christian, again, your life is not lived in the temporariness of this life. Mm-hmm. We're always looking forward to something else. And James here speaks of an eternal reward, a crown of life, which is, which is going to be given to us. That changes our perspective on suffering as well. Right. Whereas if I'm not a Christian, I'm not thinking about any eternity after this. Mm-hmm. Then, then any suffering in this life right now is bad. It's yeah. really bad. It's the worst thing because this is the best that I have right. right now. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like to remind yourself in the time of suffering, this is not my forever. <laughs> this is not my eternity because of Jesus. And to be just a bit to. There is a temporariness to all our suffering. Paul talks about that, right? And where's it? Romans 8, where he says the sufferings of this time aren't even worth comparing to the glories right. that we're going to be 
that's going to be revealed to us, like what we're about to have in eternity. And and it's like we we all know that mm-hmm. it is hard though to be reminded of that and to think how can that be true because I'm hurting right now yeah, yeah I'm suffering right now and that goes back to what you're we talking about earlier I think finding that joy in God no matter what and just simply believing what God has said even when my feelings don't line up with it yeah this is the promise that this this suffering is bad yes mm-hmm. but there's a greater joy to to come so what do I do when I don't feel that joy right. you know I have a hard time looking forward to anticipating that that day when I'm free from suffering and I'm in the presence of God, mm-hmm. I have a hard time looking forward to that because I'm hurting right now. What do yeah. I do? Again, I'm reminded of who God is. I'm taking God at his word. I'm trusting him yeah. in spite of how I feel. And, and, you know, again, we were talking about some of this, a small group last night. This is a, it's a battlefield. Um, suffering and, and the fight for joy during it, the fight for peace, the fight for joy. It's a battlefield in the mind and in the heart and the, in um, I, I don't want people to feel bad when they're suffering and they can't find the joy. I, I don't want people to feel guilt about that. Um, but you do, uh, you do have to keep persevering. Um, keep that's crying what, out. That's to what God. James says. Like it's going to produce perseverance. That's in right. Us. Keep persevering in, in part of the God, not giving relief, maybe uh, in a time could be his way of helping you persevere mm-hmm. and to do it with faith. What is faith is oftentimes apart from feelings mm-hmm. and um, that continual staying up all night, crying out to God and using, you know, the Psalms, the, the, uh, the psalmist cries out, how long, oh Lord, when are you going to help, you know, this? And, and I can remember being in times of uh, especially relational suffering saying, you're, you're not helping me. God. I can remember specifically saying that to him one day, just like, you're not helping me, which is actually a, a horrible thing to say because it's untrue. Right. <laughs> and, and ultimately, uh, but it's how I felt, but you know, and God is there thinking saying, you know, uh, I'm helping you, fool. you. You just don't know it. <laughs> yeah. I'm helping you in a million different ways in, in the way you need. So <clears throat> we don't want people to feel and again, when we talk about suffering, we can talk about it sometimes in a very trite way, like, hey, just rejoice in this or yep. whatever. But when you actually walk with people through suffering, and especially for long periods of time and really hurting, um, I think that triteness is removed and you're, uh, y- you know, you're, you're wanting to walk with them and really help bear burdens and just pray with them and, and, and just tell them, keep looking to the Lord. Mm-hmm. It, believe what I, you know, you know, believe what the Bible says is true about God and what mm-hmm. this is doing in your life now, even when you don't feel it. And, um, and so in other words, this isn't a quick fix. It's not a vending machine situation where you just put in your coins and out comes joy or out comes right. peace. It can be a fight and a battle that goes on, um, night after night for weeks and months or longer. years, yeah. <laughs> a yeah. lifetime. And through that though, I think most, most people would, most Christians would testify to the fact that even through that, there were times of the Lord, our shepherd leading us beside still waters and restoring our soul and, and helping us. Um, and moments of peace or a belie- a fellow believer coming along and, giving grace or, you know, a message we hear or whatever, where the Lord is soothing and helping and giving joy in that. But yeah. it but it can be a, a prolonged battle, I know, for people. 
Paul writes in First Corinthians 10, another passage related to suffering, and I think an important one. Uh, when we think about how we respond, he says, No temptation, or you think no suffering or trial, has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So as we think about that in relationship to temptation to sin, uh, suffering and trial that we what, that we may experience, a couple of things that we want to take note. Um, one, whatever situation you're walking through or whatever sin you're dealing with, you're not the first person to have ever dealt with that. Um, thousands and hundreds of thousands of Christians have, have walked through that. And really, our hope as Christians is that Jesus, our great high priest, has suffered and been tempted and tried mm-hmm. in every way as we were yet without sin. So whatever your situation, you can take, in a sense, comfort in that. Mm-hmm. This is not outside the realm of God's sovereign control. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not alone. You're not the first one to walk these roads. So no temptation is overtaking you that's not common to man. It's common. And then the second part, God is faithful. And so you can ask yourself this question, is God faithful? Has God been faithful? How has God shown his faithfulness to me? And you might think like, boy, I'm suffering in a great way. But yet think about what God has done for you in Christ and redeeming you from your sin. Uh, That's the faithfulness of God. Mm -hmm. The faithfulness of God is not seen only in uh, deliverance from my pain, Uh, deliverance from my suffering or trial right now the faithfulness of god is concerned much more about his glory and 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 his glory being displayed than it is my uh, immediate alleviation from pain so be reminded that god is faithful and then paul adds he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability but with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape so that idea of not being tempted beyond your ability um, i've heard somebody describe it like this way uh, if you have a, you know, if you drive, if you're driving in rural roads and you, you come across a bridge that has a weight limit on it, you know, it's a 10 ton weight limit. Uh, you don't want to drive a, a truck that weighs 15 tons across that. It's too much. So in the same way, the Christian, there is an element, that there's a weight limit and God knows what that is. And he's not going to place too much on you and whatever suffering or trial, he has given you the grace to deal with it, mm-hmm. the yeah. grace to respond to it. Yeah. So there's nothing that is beyond your ability, even when you feel like it. That's where, again, we, we cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, this feels like more than I can bear, but this is what you've promised me. Mm-hmm, right. That there's no temptation that's too great. Yeah. And don't we see that in Job? I mean, really with um, the trying of Job, uh, who suffered tremendously, um, that God was in control the whole time. He allowed it to go so far and no further. Um with a perfect plan to restore Job and um, and loving Job through it all and, and that. So I think, like, understanding that, too, it may feel like it's more than you can bear. And in, in apart from God, it is. But it is, all, but it is, uh, but he will not allow you to be tempted above what you can, you can bear, right? So he can, he's going to help you through it. He's going to lift you up and and to connect this to what you said earlier and as an encouragement to the people of God to do what the people of God are to do um, I think one of the ways that we 
bear that trial, the means that God has given is the body of Christ. Yeah. And we've been instructed, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Mm-hmm. So part of suffering well, part of bearing uh, under that, you know, being able to bear that temptation and that trial, that suffering, is the people of God coming alongside us and weeping with us, yes. you know? yeah. And again, we, we talk about, we don't want to give just trite pat answers, mm-hmm. but just a willingness to like enter into a person's yes. situation, show genuine empathy and care and love. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you say that you're going to pray for them, commit to actually do yeah, it, yeah. actually pray for them and then communicate with them and say, mm-hmm. Hey, I've been praying for you this week, or how can I pray for you this week? Right, You've yeah. been on my mind. That's going to, that's a very tangible, practical way to enter into somebody else's suffering yeah. and to be that that balm <laughs> to yeah. their soul yeah. in that way. And I think one of the, interestingly, one of the structures that we've put in place here at Calvary to facilitate relationships that allow us bear one another's burdens are small groups. And I've seen this play out already in our small group this year. Um, somebody will bear a burden and um, be very transparent with it. And I've watched the small group respond and uh, and pray for it right there, continue to pray for it, be talking to the person about it. And then sometimes there's not anything you can do. Like the person's walking through something, you can't physically do anything to alleviate this other than being there and praying for them, allowing somebody to vent or whatever. So let me put a plug into people. Like you gotta get in a small group and then for our small group leaders to to understand that one of the purposes we set these up, it's not just to study the Bible. It's to apply the Bible together in community when as we're walking through our Christian experience. And part of that's going to be you're going to have people in your small group suffering. And the rest of the church is or the rest of that small group is is called to bear the burden, help bear the burden of that person through, like you said, prayer could be practical, tangible ways of bringing them something, helping them, whatever. Uh, but otherwise maybe just being there and just listening to the person uh, vent and then, yeah. you know, showing true compassion. Yeah. So it's a good plug for small groups. I think that's, th- that is one of the biggest places that can be facilitated in a church, even of our size, it's not that big, but yet big enough where somebody's not going to get up on a Sunday morning and bear their, burden. all their burden. Yeah. Yeah. This podcast brought to you by Calvary Bible Church Small Groups. Yeah, there you go. It's advertising. <laughs> Sign up for a small group today. today. <laughs> In the foyer. Uh, yeah. The last last phrase, and I think this is an important one, and I think it is, the, I, I misunderstood this for a long time, but when Paul says, you'll not be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will al- also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. In my mind, when I thought about temptation to sin, specifically, and I thought God will provide a way of escape. I I envisioned a spiritual trap door, so to speak, opening up. Mm-hmm. And boom, I'm sneaking out the back door. I'm following through the floor. I'm mm-hmm. not dealing with this situation anymore. Mm-hmm. That's not <laughs> what mm-hmm. Paul has in mind. I think, and I and I heard somebody describe it this way, uh, that it is the way of escape from sinning in that situation. Yeah. So in the temptation, uh, I'm tempted to sin. I have a way of escape. I have the Spirit of God indwelling me that I can respond rightly and choose not to do the sinful thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the temptation to sin and suffering, uh, I I can I can see my suffering and my trial in a wrong way mm-hmm. and respond to it such and sin against God and not. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yet, what Paul is saying is that I think 
there the way of escape is the way to respond properly to the trial um paul says in philippians 1 well really in the whole book of philippians which i think the the theme is joy and suffering but he says as it is my eager expectation and hope that i will not be at all ashamed but that with the full courage now as always christ will be honored in my body whether by life or by death i think that's the that's the responding properly hmm. um and this is being written as he's sitting in jail. Yeah, he's writing this. It doesn't matter whatever, uh, what, uh, whatever happens, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, for to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's important because we think about temptations to sin, but it's during the times of suffering that I think they're intensified often. Um, you can be tempted in so many different ways depending on what you're suffering. Uh, if you were a persecuted Christian for your faith, it could be the sin of abandonment or apostasy or turning away. You're tempted to walk away from the faith. Yeah. Uh, if it's this, if it's the suffering of physical trials, um, you know, you could be tempted to be angry at God. You could be tempted to throw spiritual temper tantrums and, and stop going to church and that because it's, you know, or, or, or anger to those around you, uh, anger, sinful anger to God or those around you. Relational uh, suffering can bring all sorts of temptations uh, that are problematic. Um, and so I think it's in times of suffering we're really cautioned to... Uh, watch out for that. We need, that's the biggest, some of the biggest temptations to sin. I mean, even for not feeling, if you, if you get sick and you're walking through a trial of sickness, you want to feel good. Well, there are sinful ways to make yourself feel good even when you're sick. And so all of that is, um, is, is a time of very dangerous ground in one sense, so that we, we need to be prepared for that in for that way of escape to not sin during the trial. Yeah. 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 To find that way of escape. Well, we could talk on this forever because the Bible is full <laughs> of passages that deal with suffering and trial. Yeah. But I think we'll wrap it up there. And we trust that this conversation has been helpful to the people in our church, whether you're walking through a prolonged season of suffering and trial or uh, maybe a short season, whatever it is, understanding maybe a little bit more what God is doing, how we are to respond, how we are to pray in the midst of, of suffering. Hopefully these things have been, been helpful for you. Um, and then just a reminder, if you have questions about what we've said or would like to reach out to us more or question for the podcast, you can always email us at gmail.com or just talk to us in person because you have that ability. Yeah, walk up to us. Walk, to, walk up to us. We're not that scary. Not not usually. Not usually. (laughs) Well, until next time then. 